Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back. And today we're really excited to be introducing to all of you our new corn specialist who joined OSU back in January, Dr. Osler Ortez. So we're going to jump right in. Osler, could you take a moment and introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, uh, Elizabeth and Amanda. Thank you for hosting me uh, on this episode. I am Osler Ortez, the new corn agronomist, um, and I am also emerging crops specialist for Ohio State. Uh, I come uh, from Lincoln, Nebraska. So you come from Lincoln, Nebraska, but you've had a little bit of a journey before you got there too. So can you tell us a little bit about um, where way back when you first got interested in agriculture and kind of your journey up to this point in academia? Absolutely. I will be happy to share. That was kind of my short version. I come from Lincoln, Nebraska. Now let's do the long version. So originally from northern Nicaragua, uh, something I like to say, first and foremost, I am a farmer. I am considered myself a farmer. Um, I, I am still involved in coffee production back home. I am just not physically there, but uh, I still get to engage in my uh, family operations over there. So that's how my journey started. Uh, My family over uh, more than two or three generations have been producing coffee, uh, commodity coffee. Now we have been trying to expand into specialty markets uh, and find a little bit of better luck on, on that. From, uh, from home, I moved to Honduras. Uh, I was there for four years. I got my undergrad in agriculture at Zamorano University, uh, where I was exposed to all uh, many disciplines, on not only on plant science, but also on animal science, uh, food industry processing, environmental resources, and agribusiness administration. So that, that was the focus of my program. And uh, from there, I knew that I wanted to pursue grad school. So I finished college and I moved to uh, United States. First, um, I conducted a couple of internship programs in Kansas, working at Kansas State University. Over there, um, I was engaged in projects uh, expanding all the way from corn, soybeans, wheat, and sorghum, so staple crops for the state in Kansas and probably not too different from Ohio. Uh, Then I started my master's degree, my uh, research focus during my master's, I was working with soybeans, soybeans and nitrogen limitation. Our studies were located in Kansas, the state of Kansas, and also we had uh, some good partnerships in South America, Argentina. Uh, we had a couple of institutions there that were helping us in um, getting things established. I got to visit Argentina uh, as part of these uh, projects, and it was a success. Um, I knew that it was probably not enough at that point, and I still wanted to pursue a doctoral degree, and I moved just two hours north to Lincoln, Nebraska, where um I studied uh, corn ear abnormalities and productivity losses. Uh, that, that was a journey of three or four years. Um, I finished in Nebraska 
in 2021, and uh, I moved to Ohio right on January 2022. Well, we're really excited to have you here, and coffee is probably my favorite food group, so one of these days I'm going to pin you down to learn more about how it's produced, because that's really cool. Absolutely. I will be happy to share. So could you expand on what research topics you're most interested in now that you're here in Ohio? Well, uh, I am still kind of uh, on my learning curve. Uh, something I like to say is that uh, I am open to uh, learning and identifying what are those uh, critical needs for uh, the position I have, corn and emerging crops. So that certainly brings a lot of uh, good dynamics uh, and uh, on the short term right now, uh, there are different projects that I am being part of. And uh, one of them, uh, we are looking at uh, not only yield response, but also quality response to uh, sulfur applications in corn. And uh, we will be tackling that from the grain perspective, but also we have partnered with uh, some uh, folks from animal science that uh, are going to help us to understand the nutritional value on the silage side of things. This is something that also involves uh, Department of Extension here at Ohio State. So that's, that's one of the things that are, are on, uh, on my plate right now, working through that. Uh, hopefully we will get some on-farm fields planted uh, this uh, sometime this April or May that is happening. Uh, an additional initiative that I am working on is uh, we are interested in testing uh, some biological uh, aids for cover crop establishment on a corn uh, on a corn system. So uh, that will, uh, if if we get a success on the uh, on the submission that we are working through, that will be started later this year. And the idea there is to. Uh, go or mitigate some of those bottlenecks for a cover crop establishment. We all know that uh, the more biomass we can get from a cover crop, uh, that will translate on greater benefits, whatever those benefits are. So we want to, uh, to look into that. And additionally, we will be doing some review of literature. Uh, this is a multi-state effort where we want to investigate or document, formalize the uh, negative effects of storm damage in the U.S. Corn Belt. So we have uh, individuals uh, from Ohio State that are involved on in this all the way, Pennsylvania and going far west up to Kansas, Nebraska and uh, the Dakotas. So we, are, uh, we will be looking into that. Again, that will be more a review of literature and consolidating some of that. And we want to somehow quantify the impact uh, of, uh, of different uh, adverse climatic events uh, and how that impacts uh, corn productivity um, in, in our corn belt states. And uh, we can look at that from different perspectives. It can be hail damage, it can be wind damage, green snap, root lodging, or plant lodging, sorry. Uh, so there is, uh, there are several ways that uh, we are considering as part of that. So on the nutritional study that you first mentioned, are you looking at how nutrient applications to corn silage affect the nutrient availability 
or um, production practices, or do you guys know yet exactly what you're going to be looking at? So, yeah, thank you for following up on that. Uh, the project on Saltport, we are looking at uh, two different farms, one that will be a sandy soil and another one a heavy soil, heavy clay soil. And uh, what we will be doing, we are looking at a couple of rates uh, for Saltport. And uh, we will be applying that at planting. And the way that we want to measure the potential impacts, it will be on a grain quantity or grain yield. But also, we will be looking at the protein uh, components of those yields. Uh, we all know that uh, corn is not necessarily a main protein source. However, depending on which industry you are working with, uh, it might be more or less relevant. For instance, if you are feeding corn grain to dairy uh, in the state of Ohio, whoever is preparing those rations on dairy, they, they will appreciate an extra 1% or extra 0.5% of protein in your corn grain. So that will be one measure of it on the grain side. And you also mentioned on the silage. So there will be different measures on that. We will do it uh, end of the season through grain quality, but also in season through silage quality. And the way that we are trying to document some of those potential effects will be, again, by looking at protein and proteins uh, content can also be translated into amino acids and uh, composition. Um, and so those, those are some of the main things that are, we are tackling with that project. So we know you just got started in January, but you just presented at CTC. What are some of the highlights of things that you're already sharing around Ohio? Yeah, I was at CTC just last week, and uh, some of the things that I am already putting together for presentations and talking to farmers or industry uh, on different meetings. I have CTC, in fact, has not been the only program. There has been several meetings already as part of the spring uh, programs that OSU Extension has. And some of the highlights that I have been sharing uh, is going back to those agronomics, uh, the agronomic principles that we all know and we cannot forget about. That, that spans all the way from seeding rates, planting dates. We know that Ohio, with all the dynamics that we have across the state, uh, this is something that needs continued attention. Uh, we know wet springs really limits the number of days that we have for in terms of planting season. And we know that the later we get, uh, we can be penalized in yields. So in, in that perspective, uh, looking at some relative maturities and adjusting uh, based on that, uh, that's something that I have been uh, referring to. There is also always the uh, interest for improving uh, crop rotations. There are several studies yeah, that documented uh, yield penalties when we are continuously cropping uh, corn or continuously cropping soybeans. So that's another reminder that I have been trying to, to share with, with the different groups. Certainly, uh, bottom line of, of those agronomic uh, examples is that uh, we, we must keep in mind that 
is all affected by the different hybrids or genetics. It's also influenced by the management that we are putting out in the farm and also those environmental interactions, which is the factor that we have the least control. But certainly, if we are proactive enough, we can try to uh, mitigate or minimize the impact of those uh, adverse conditions that we run to, uh, unfortunately, almost, uh, almost every year. If not one thing, uh, it can be the other. So the other part of your title is emerging crops. And have you set your sights on anything in Ohio? Have producers mentioned anything um, there that you want to focus on? Yeah, that's probably one of the hard questions that I that I get <laughs> with my title. And uh, I don't think I have a clear answer yet. Uh, I believe that this is a market-driven field. Uh, it's still evolving. Uh, it's always changing depending, depending on what are the market needs, what farmers are trying to do at the farm level. Um, I will take as emerging crops, cover crops. And uh, so cover crops is one of the projects that uh, we are uh, looking at and doing some biological work to improve that uh, cover crop establishment. So I mentioned that earlier, cover crops. And then uh, just this morning, I was uh, on the Natural Rover uh, Symposium meeting here at OSU. Ohio State for many years uh, has led uh, several initiatives trying to promote Natural Rover as a domestic crop in the United States. This is a large initiative, and I have been part of the conversations um, starting in 2021 when I was not even here, but uh, happily uh, I, I was able to engage with the group uh, at that point. And those conversations keep going. Uh, there are many different steps that need to take place be before a domestic uh, rover enterprise can be established in the United States. U.S. Uh, currently relies on imports of natural rubber for almost 100%. So we, we are trying to, uh, the effort is trying to shift that and uh, have at least uh, some local production. And my role on that will be on the agronomics. Uh, it will certainly be a new crop if, if we get to that point. Uh, it will be a new crop, and by being a new crop, new domesticate, domesticated crop, uh, we will have to understand a lot of the basic agronomics that I just mentioned on corn that also applies to, uh, to, to this. Uh, and this, uh, for the Ohio uh, location geography, uh, is referring to dandelions. Uh, so that's, that's the alternative for natural rubber in Ohio as you move to other states in the U.S., that plant or that crop uh, is different, but Ohio uh, is about dandelions. And uh, this is a larger effort. I, I am still part of the conversations. I will not be surprised if uh, in the short or medium term, I, I see myself leading some agronomic uh, plots on, on natural rubber somewhere in, the, in Ohio. So that's, that's another example there. And uh, just briefly mentioning, uh, I have here, uh, not that I am involved, but uh, production of hemp uh, that had some interest a few years ago. Uh, I haven't heard much about it anymore. 
Uh, there is also a couple of faculty members here at Ohio State. They are doing some work with Pennycrest for biofuel uses. I know there is uh, there are some cancer projects that, in fact, is a partnership back with uh, the University of Nebraska and Ohio State. So those are some of the things that I need to keep my eyes open and uh, hopefully uh, get to see some uh, research opportunities or engagement opportunities here uh, down the road. I know I'm especially excited to see what kind of cool things you get us into. You know, with the way markets are, we're always looking for new ways to make money in agriculture. So I think it's going to be exciting to have somebody on board that really focuses on having those emerging crops in your line of sight and figuring out how we can make those work. So on the flip side, something that your predecessor, Peter Thomason, always did was the corn performance trials. Is that something you have plans to continue? Absolutely, yeah, great point. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier, but yes, a part of my uh, position appointment here at Ohio State, it includes working with the Ohio Corn Performance uh, Trials, and that's something that I am certainly already involved. Uh, Rich Minio, he has been the manager of this program for uh, probably more than two decades. And the program itself has been in existence for uh, already 50 years. It got started back in 1972. And there is a very strong wealth of data and information that has been collected over the years. The program is uh, spread in 10 or 12 different locations across the state. And uh, we work with several seed companies. Uh, they submit entries for testing their, hopefully their best hybrids, their best materials. And we, we get to test them and, and see what is their agronomic performance uh, based on the different uh, soil types and environments. So that's something that I am um, excited about and uh, certainly that will also bring some synergistic opportunities in terms of uh, doing or uh, pursuing some additional research questions as part of that research platform. So uh, I am looking forward and uh, I have already started to look at some of uh, long-term trends and uh, hopefully we'll have a uh, uh, some uh, and a student helping to look at the uh, more specific changes over time as part of uh, as part of this uh, program. So yeah, absolutely uh, happy to to be engaging and uh, hopefully expanding on that uh, legacy that Peter Thomason and Rich Minio have put together um, over the years. Awesome. So if farmers have questions or research interests, um, anyone in the ag industry wants to reach you, what's the best way to get in contact? I am always open to chat. So uh, my email will be an option, my phone number. I can share those uh, with you both and that can be part of the uh, podcast announcement. Phone number and email, and if not, I am located in Worcester campus. I am uh, just recently located to my new office, uh, Williams Hall 214. So feel free to stop by, uh, drop me a call, a text message, or an email, and I will certainly be sure to get back and uh, get conversations going. Uh, so that would be probably the best ways. Okay, great. What about a research website, social media, any of that kind of thing lined up yet? 
Yeah, yeah, I have some uh, social media presence, Twitter and uh, LinkedIn, and uh, there, there is plenty of information also on my uh, departmental website, so I can share that link with you yep. both, and that can be part of the announcement, so happy to share all of that. Perfect. Well, thanks, Osler, for joining us, not only on the podcast, but at the university, joining our team and like Elizabeth said, we're excited to um, get to know you and work with you in the field. Thank you very much, Amanda and uh, Elizabeth. Uh, I, I like to say these are exciting times. I am happy to be uh, in Ohio. I am happy to be part of extension, part of research. And in fact, I will also be doing some teaching later on. So that will keep my, my days busy. But when, when you enjoy what you do, uh, it is it's just uh, it's just a good thing. So looking forward to that. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode. Hey, podcast listeners. Just a reminder to give us a like or subscribe so you know when we release new episodes. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave us a review also. We appreciate the comments.